Before Phoenix headed underground, he met up with Cocto and demanded some un... Why do you keep know. saying it like that? Like, you're saying it. They didn't cock say Cocto. Cocto. You're saying it I don't know what you're weird. talking about. You're saying it weird, Mr. Gay Man Watch. <laughs> Mr. Gay Man Watch. <laughs> you're saying it weird. There are good movies and there are great movies. But that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. Take this job and shovel it. We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find, centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave. Hello. And Casey. I only use one shell. Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. What's this month's theme, one shell, Casey? How she uses the shell. <laughs> How do I use one shell for two holes? Well, listen further and I'll let you know. This month, we're looking back at those things we used to love with a little more critical eye. Is it? Hindsight is, it is 2020, baby. <laughs> Last week, I tried to be critical about Wish Upon a Star. I couldn't be. I'm programmed not to be. I I mean, like, I'm going to work with that frostbitten, frosty look as we speak. Jay, you brought something a little older, but a little more futuristic. What did you grace us with this week? I grew up on Sylvester Stallone movies, and this, there's never, ever a discussion about my favorite movies where this film does not get brought up. And that is 1993's very Demolition true. Man. You are always talking about fucking <laughs> Demolition Man. I can confirm. I make a bunch of stupid Taco Bell jokes because of this movie. Still. It's it's a pretty long later. walk to get there sometimes, too. <laughs> I, know, I always get this confused years. with Judge Dredd, and I'm like, why ah, doesn't he have flying boots? I, okay, I we are actually going to be talking. I, that's one of the things I almost forgot about. Yes, the ending of Judge Dredd and the ending of Demolition Man. <laughs> they're the same scene. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, You're welcome. They are. Hey, Rob Schneider's in that one too. Is he? Yes, he's in the fucking. Uh, he's one of the bad oh, guys yeah, at the beginning the, that he gets roped right. into it on his first day out of prison, and then he hides in the bot and adventures along with him the whole time. Oh yeah, Judge Dredd is my demolition man of Sylvester <laughs> Stallone's. Oh, my God, <laughs> I'm so excited for that to come to Shooty Cinema. All right, well, before we get ahead of ourselves, Jay, you need to give us an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in ten seconds or less. Okay, here's your setup. At some point, you were cryogenically frozen and have just been thawed out into a um, what appears to be a utopia world. You know, there's Ooh, you know, yeah, uh, there's self-driving electric cars everywhere. There hasn't been a murder in 16 years. There actually hasn't been a, a death by any non-natural cause in 16 years. Impressive. Yeah. Um, so you unfortunately have been let out into this world. And you've been talking to the first person who would stop and listen to you about Demolition Man for about 45 minutes now. <laughs> in about 10 seconds, they're going to snap and the first murder death kill in 16 years is going to occur. In the time before that happens, sell us on this movie. 
The most realistic dystopian future involves Sylvester Stallone having weird sex with Sandra Bullock and then attacking Dennis Leary. Seven seconds. And yeah, I don't I don't disagree necessarily. Yeah, I mean we're not super duper <laughs> far off. Yeah. Case you were cryogenically frozen, but you got unfrozen a year before me. And you're driving down the street as you see me getting murdered. So in the 10 seconds before you drive your car into this jabroni, sell us on this movie. Planet Hollywood the movie shows us the Steve Jobs fashtopia where Stallone takes on his biggest enemy, an automatic transmission, not Blade the Stormtrooper. Eight seconds. <laughs> Blade the Stormtrooper? He could not fucking hit anything. He was like... Two feet away from Stallone, ten times, is like, let's kill him, <laughs> and missed every fucking time. Yeah, okay, but we got to talk about that with Stallone, too, though. Yeah, no, yeah. everybody was a fucking stormtrooper, and then, until well, they needed to blam headshot, I'm talking to you, Sandra Bullock, and your overplucked eyebrows. You shut your mouth. Before we go too far, let's go over the movie that Shitty Cinema watched. There is something we can really appreciate about Demolition Man. Who is our protagonist? Well, you know, he's a tough, disciplined cop that puts it all on the line, destroying everything in his path to get the bad guy. Sounds like an ancient Greek warrior, so let's call him John Spartan. Genuinely never paid attention. I don't pay attention to names. I don't care about the names of characters. Because they're characters, and that's how I think of them, and I genuinely just process the Spartan. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. Good times. Welcome. Welcome to Demolition Man, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So who's our baddie? A flamboyantly evil psychopath that likes to burn people and who just won't stay locked up. A man that rises from the ashes, Simon Phoenix. I love it. Did you get that one? Because they said that one in the movie, Dave. <laughs> they did. Yeah, that one. They kind of hammered you with that one. You kind of had to. The movie opens with Spartan catching Simon Phoenix by surviving a building that Phoenix incinerates. Instead of getting tossed into the pen, Phoenix is taken to a cryo prison and turned into the aforementioned popsicle. Hold on. Wait. Frozen like a popsicle? I want to see the version of Demolition Man where instead of just being frozen in a block of ice, they shove a stick inside of fucking <gasps> Sylvester Stallone. Yay! Casey, I do not like the way your eyes just lit up. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> That's way better. An ice cube doesn't have a stick. A popsicle has a stick. I was promised a stick. As his last dastardly deed, Phoenix pins the explosion on Spartan and accuses him of the death of 30 civilians. Courts find him guilty and toss his ass into the freezer, too. 36 years later, and Phoenix is thought out for a parole hearing. Somehow, after his time in the cryopen, he now knows kung fu. He also knows how to operate <laughs> modern technology, including all relevant overrides, and murders his way out of the prison. He's able to murder his way out of the prison because 2032 is fucking wild. In this reality, the gang wars and the big earthquake of 2010 brought about a radical change in society. There are strict morality laws that were put in place, and crime is completely eliminated. All the cities in California merge into a new super city, San Angeles, which is led by Dr. Cocteau. He invented the cryopen technology and designed the way of life that has led to this pseudo-utopia everybody lives in now. The city's green, prosperous, and literally everyone is ve vegetarian. 
Except for the outcast people living in the sewers that starve to death. They're painted in a revolutionary light as those who refuse the authoritarian rule of the cock and toe. No. I'm I... so glad you went there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You leave your feet stuff out of this. You take that to wiki feet. <laughs> Uh, and I mean, the movie can say they're starving to death, but that rat burger looked pretty good. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> One of the mole people, Edgar Friendly, has been rising in prominence, so Phoenix was thought out to assassinate him. Since there are no contemporary psychopaths, one had to be thought out. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Why not? Yeah, you know, since the SAPD isn't used to any crime at all, their minds are boggled at how to approach Phoenix. So... They fight fire with fire, or fight a Wesley Snipes with a Sylvester Stallone, which is either the latest Expendables film or skins for MK1. I'm not really sure which. You gotta send a maniac to catch a maniac, as Spartan keeps reminding us. <laughs> After he's thought out, Spartan is partnered with Lieutenant Lenina Huxley. Huxley's obsessed with the barbaric 20th century, so she understands Spartan better than anyone else who sees him as a relic of a bygone era. Spartan does his best Riggs impersonation, fighting with the captain, who continues to refer to Spartan as a Neanderthal, it's a weird exchange. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> he's not. There's some, there's some truth, okay? Unfortunately, though, for the captain's superior technology, it's John Spartan that predicts where Phoenix is going. Not to start a business, but to get a goddamn gun. San Angeles is peaceful now, so the only place to even see a gun is at a museum. Spartan arrives just after Phoenix has smashed the guns out of their cases and also taken the conveniently adjacent ammunition for each firearm he obtained. Don't know why they were keeping it right there. It's a museum piece, but thanks, guys. Spartan then gets into a fight with Phoenix, who escapes with the guns. On his way out, he threatens Dr. Cocteau and discovers that he can't actually kill him. Cocteau reminds him he has someone to kill, revealing himself to be the BBEG that programmed all of the cool abilities into Phoenix. He's, I guess, the architect of the Matrix. Spartan then has sex with Huxley in a famously weird scene, we're going to fade to black on it now. Don't worry. We'll be back. <laughs> Spartan no, then... thank you. I'll tear up my ticket, please. <laughs> <laughs> I, just tear up my ticket. Sorry, Casey. You're already strapped into this roller coaster. <laughs> no. <laughs> Spartan then stops a group of mole people from stealing food from Taco Bell. That actually works as a headline, Dave. I'm pretty sure I've seen that headline. <laughs> I mean, it started with Florida Man when I saw it. Yes, I was just going to say Florida Man saves Taco Bell from right. being robbed by mole people. Oh, no. I, I, mine was Florida Man robs Taco Bell, escapes into sewer. Oh. All of this clues Spartan into the location of Phoenix. Why stay above ground where everything is monitored when you can go underground where you aren't monitored at all? Oh. Man, hell, the, the place where your very existence is to be ignored. Before Phoenix headed underground, he met up with Cocteau and demanded some thawed buddies to handle the John Spartan situation. Since Phoenix can't kill Cocteau, he has a buddy do it, and then they decide to go kill Edgar Friendly. Spartan and Huxley meet up with Friendly and learn he's not really trying to organize people. Uh, he's just trying to help people stop starving to death simply for not wanting to live under totalitarian rule. Which is pretty reasonable. Yeah. And also meet. Like, I, oh, captain, my captain. <laughs> They're vegetarian up there. I'm a ninja turtle now. Let's go. <laughs> and 
at that point, Phoenix shows up and starts shooting all over the place. The firefight spills out into the streets and turns into a high-speed chase. Phoenix gets away with Huxley and Spartan, arriving at Cocteau's building shortly after Phoenix does. Learning that Cocteau was killed, Spartan infers Phoenix's master plan. Release all the cryo-prisoners. Chaos! Yeah, I mean, I'm glad he gets it, because I still don't, but all right. <laughs> Spartan knocks out Huxley and faces Phoenix mano y mano. In the end, Spartan freezes Phoenix and kicks his head clean off. He also lives up to his name and demolishes the entire goddamn prison. I assume that just kills all of the prisoners? Yes. Absolutely, okay. yeah. Yeah, all right. Then Spartan makes some centrist line, like, maybe we can have peace, but not too much freedom-friendly. But then Spartan does smooch on Huxley and offer to have some good old-fashioned sex with her, which is, which is just sex for all of us. You know, not weird VR helmet sex. <laughs> yeah, but if it's Sylvester Stallone, there's a belt involved. So she needs to know what old-fashioned sex means to him. Because, again, I remind you, neither of you have watched his porno. That's true. That's true. That's true. I'm proud of that. You don't want old-fashioned I mean, sex not, from him. I'm not proud of it, necessarily, but... <laughs> You're putting it on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of the reasons that I really love this movie is that when it came out, my parents rented it, and I was absolutely not allowed to watch it because it was rated R, and I was too young for that. However, the way that the TV was set up, my room was on the second floor, and there was an open balcony, and I could just see down, and so I just went and sat in the dark on my floor and could look out and watch the film and hear it. And so I got to see it as a kid. And it was a fucking awesome-ass action film with swearing and nudity and all of the things I loved as a child. So Sylvester Stallone, right, one of my favorite action stars. So this has been a film that has sat close to my heart for fucking 30 years. 30 years. How did you not, like, laugh and out yourself? Oh no, I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna put this to rest right now. Your parents were one hundred percent aware. They just already <laughs> capped out on parenting for the day. Dude, I guarantee you go talk to your parents. My mom has called out so many things that just like, yeah, I just didn't I just couldn't anymore. Just go. Yeah. I honestly, my biggest shock out of that whole st story was the fact that Demolition Man is rated R. I, I looked up why it's nonstop action violence and strong language. And yeah, all that checks out. And in reflection, yeah, you only get one F-bomb in a PG-13. Yeah, but right. As far as the violence in this movie, it feels very like Marvel PG-13, no blood sanitized. Yeah, no, there's not much like gore or anything like that. Yeah, there's there's very little blood. There is some nudity. We get titties. Was there titties? Yeah, it's for a half he's, second. He's in his apartment and he gets a mistaken video call of a very beautiful woman. Oh, yeah. Naked out of the shower. And she's like, oh, wrong number. Yeah, Which, wrong number. And we see a flash future. of what is allegedly Sandra Bullock's boobs in the sex scene. Yeah, Doubtful. yeah, but I don't I don't think they're actually Sandra Bullock's boobs. We also get um, a little extra nudity that I don't think was necessarily intended, but a lot of those people that were frozen in the cryo pens, the HD conversion of this movie gave us a lot more than the VHS really intended. <laughs> I don't know if you guys caught some of those angles. Did you get uh, some pain? 
No peen, but you're getting full gooch on a couple of them. In yeah, the there's there's some gooch. There's some gooch. I saw the gooch. Yeah. I didn't see any peen, though. I didn't see peen. I did see what was allegedly Sandra Bullock's boobs, obviously not going to be. But this is during the sex scene, and that's oh, a man. hard air quote sex scene. So to set it up, Sandra Bullock <laughs> and Sylvester Stallone just had a lovely dinner at Taco Bell with their fascist overlord and go back for a little slap and tickle. Because she's horny about his violence. Yes, because he just blew up some shit in front of Taco Bell. Not in the way that you would normally blow up some shit in front right, of Taco Bell. Right, because there's no meat. <laughs> right, so yeah, yeah, yeah. They get back to her apartment they put on headsets and commence having air quotes sex, which is basically looks like if you were to close your eyes and stroke out while trying to get bootleg spice channel in the 90s. It's, it's uncomfortably <laughs> close to the moment when they cross the breach in Event Horizon. Yeah, it's. Yeah. 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 I hate that more. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. With the black background and like the weird color versions flashing in and out, juxtaposed. Oh, yeah. yeah. The movie tells us that this is just some type of like direct transmission of sexual arousal from brain to brain. It and is- they, they, they show the, the physical version of Sly. Looking like he's about to pop a wad in his pants. Yeah, I hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. Hate his face, hate his face. Yeah, Hate okay. his old... And she hands him a towel beforehand, presumably. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Which I was like, a skeet towel, very kind. Why? Okay, so is he supposed to have his dick out while they have the headsets on and nobody's looking because it's such a proper... like, Or is he just supposed to come in his pants and just hold the towel over his crotch all the way home? I don't understand why she wasn't like, hey, dude, why are your pants still on? Or, you know what I mean? Like, hold on. So, are you saying, Casey, that in this world, the walk of shame is for men and it's a towel over their crotch after they got laid as they go home? I hope so. No, the walk of shame is for whoever's. That's that's how you decide whose apartment you're going to fuck at. Who's willing to walk home in soaked pants? I can't do I can't do it. I have a meeting tomorrow. I don't have time to do laundry. So here's the question, though. Would you or would you not? Like, if you're going to have the opportunity to have VR sex with, say, Sandra Bullock or <clears throat> Sly Case, if you want. No, I don't want to have sex with Sylvester Stallone any way, shape, or form. Honestly, it's one of my biggest immersion-breaking moments of this movie is that Sylvester Stallone taps out of the VR sex like three seconds in. Come on, man. That's Sandy B in front of you. Give it Yeah, but he also looked like he was about to bust. That's true. Maybe this was just some, like, I cannot be a whatever the VR equivalent of a two-pump chump is in front of this girl. I think that it would certainly be fucking weird. I don't that right. So in this in this world, the swapping of any kind of fluids is forbidden. So they don't kiss. People don't even touch. They don't shake hands. There's no hugging, which I guess very is great 2020, for some yo. Yeah, uh, I'm not crazy about the VR sex idea at all. I'll say that. No, I wow, brave stance, Jay. Thanks so much for that important <laughs> opinion. 
some uh, some of the uh, some of the like future morality that's been imposed to this movie, if you think about it for even half of a second, doesn't make sense at all. Especially no. since it really has not been that long at all. Right, dudes that Stallone worked with are still working there when he got unthawed. Right, and yet we've already reached a point where no one fucks or swears anymore. Listen to me. Fucking aside, the human capacity for profanity is boundless. <laughs> Right? Come You're, on. You I can't box us in. We'll I just invent new right. swear words. We'll just invent new slurs and new right. profanities. And I didn't hear one in this whole movie. The closest thing was the goddamn, uh, the, the chief of the police, Colin Stallone and Neanderthal, which that's not future speak. Come on. Give me some future slurs, man. How <laughs> is England doing? Because they're very sweary. Well, what's interesting is that they imply that this is just in California. This is just this this one okay. mega city. Yeah, only only this mega city is under under the rule of Doctor Carteau is has these severe of laws. We don't really know what's going on in the rest of the world super well. No, which is a shame because I'm kind of curious to know what's going on out there. I think it'll fall apart very quickly. Yeah, but that's okay. I, I actually, and this is one of the things that I like about this, it's completely unapologetic about setting up this kind of ridiculous scenario that it wants to play in and spending no time justifying any of it. Why? Nobody cares. Yeah. This is, is just the way it is. 100%. It, uh, this, is, it, this is speculative. It, I don't know. This isn't speculative fiction. This is science fiction, and this is like the, like, I'm trying to say a thing to you science fiction. That's fine. You don't need to work backwards too far on that. Yeah, I think the core of the film is really just an action flick. It's the fight between the Demolition Man and Simon Phoenix, and it's fucking Wrong. incredible. Wrong. This whole movie is the fight between the Demolition Man and use, learning how to use his iPhone. <laughs> it's just the main antagonist is new technology. That's his whole fucking movie because he doesn't even meet up again with Wesley Snipes until like 48 minutes into the movie. That's true. So no, it's it's Sly versus Three Shells, Sly versus Vegan Taco Bell, Sly versus Self-Driving Cars. All of it. So it's Sly, it's Sly is just like the stand-in for Boomer that can't use yes. technology? Great. Awesome. He's Wait, talking about how the you, whole society is pussified and blah, you, blah, blah. So you're telling me that we have, in the Simon Phoenix fight, we have man versus man, and in the iPhone we have man versus technology, and in the like morality laws and coming to new things, he has man versus self? Yes. <laughs> This might be a deeper movie than we all first thought. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so Demolition Man is really an exploration of all the types of narratives you can tell. <laughs> but it, re it, it really isn't. It's, it's a bunch of jokes about wiping your ass with seashells. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, I only use one. And that's probably one of the most iconic things about Demolition Man, the three seashells. It's been featured in things like Cyberpunk. 2077, which is fucking fantastic. I love it, and I love that there's no explanation for it. It's just a dumb thing that they put in there, and it works. Perf Again, not explained, fun, ridiculous. It's fucking absurd. It's a scene that exists solely for the excuse of giving us Rob Schneider saying he doesn't know how to use the three seashells. He can't do it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> 
Also, I would highly recommend never looking up how to use the three seashells because a lot of thought's been put into it and it's all horrifying. <laughs> of course, some people have thought about that too much. Of course they have. That makes perfect sense to me. But that same scene also gives us one of my favorites of the entire movie, which is uh, when Sylvester Stallone's trying to figure out how he's going to wipe his ass. He goes over to the machine that gives him a ticket every time he swears and just cusses at it for like a minute straight (laughs) to get enough tickets to wipe his ass with. Yeah, but he's like wiping his ass with like Kino tickets. Hey. You're not getting a clean wipe. Laser printer paper. (laughs) I'm just saying, the man had his Mentos moment. (laughs) Or thermal paper. I think it's thermal paper. Right, but did they not, like, issue him socks? (laughs) I literally just said that to a woman in the bathroom yesterday because I went to pee and realized there was no toilet paper, and I was like, hey, neighbor, and she immediately handed me that she didn't go into that one because she had noticed it first. I was like, thanks, because I don't have socks on. (laughs) And she did not laugh. And I was like, okay, bitch. I mean, I guess to be fair, literally no one in this world knows how to handle violence of any sort. So, like, why isn't he just taking other people's socks? (laughs) He's Sylvester Stallone. He can just pick them up and flip them over and yank them out. That's true. Wait, so instead of Demolition Man, you want Sock Thief? No, just that one scene. Okay, listen. Here's the problem. Even though I love the joke about him swearing at the machine for a minute straight to get enough, it also then means that retroactively, I have been watching Sylvester Stallone walk around with a just nasty, nasty ass for the last several minutes. Yes. Yes, you have. So if Sock Thief means we're getting that out of the way sooner, yes, I do want Sock Thief. Okay, can I bring everybody's night down, please? Please do. Okay, so there was this glaring thing in this film that just stuck out to me as very bizarre and weird, and I didn't like it. So Sylvester Stallone, it's alluded to after he's thawed out in the future that he has a wife and a child, and... He asks about his wife as soon as he's thought out. And they're like, nope, she died in the earthquake of 2010. And he's like, what about my daughter? And they're like, shut up, bitch. You're lucky we even answered your question. (laughs) First to look up Sylvester Stallone's daughter. And he stops her. And he's like, no, no, no thanks. So here's my thing. Is his ignorance willful on his part Or does he have a secret feeling and let me just breadcrumb you down to the old old boy subplot of Sandra Bullock is his daughter that he's going to fuck and he (laughs) wants to make sure he doesn't know it because that's the vibe I got. Why is she so obsessed with the 20th century? Maybe because she lost her parents to it. Why is she so obsessed with him? You know what I mean? Like a doppelbanger. So there was actually a subplot that was going to involve him seeing his daughter. His daughter is supposed to, she's one of the, the mole people, one of the people that lives underground with Dennis mm, Leary. Mm, mm. And no, her name's Sandra Kate. Bullock. And that was cut for pacing. It's not Sandra Bullock. 
Mm. I mean, I, would I don't absolutely think so. Watch that Nightmare Extended Edition. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. <laughs> right. Fucking. It's Wesley Snipes paying back Sylvester Stallone for seeing him like kiss his mom on the mouth or something. We can make the backstory part, but basically, He's Wesley Snipes to make got old out boy, first. You're talking me out of it. No, but yes. So just get, get on the bus. <laughs> Fuck. Come on, Dave. <clears throat> Support one of my ideas, you fucking poo-pooer. All right. Yeah. Here's, I, here's why I would support that version of the film or that extended edition. It's because the ending fight scene of this movie is so, like, weirdly generic action movie compared to the yes. rest of the fucking film it's, it's around. so boring. Casey, you said that you always confuse this movie with Judge Dredd. I totally fucking get it because, I mean, number one, they have a ton of similarities in the plot. It is broadly the same plot in terms of, like, your villains, your, your thought-out or released big baddie from the past. Same plot. But also, the ending is the exact same fucking fight. You move them from a cryo okay. lab to the Statue of Liberty, and it's Judge Dredd. It's also kind of um, Street Fighter as well. Yeah, I'm getting, oh, yeah. I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting tones of Street Fighter in here. I see you. I'm not against that though. Like, I, I think the ending fight of this is probably the best action scene in the film. What? Disagree. Disagree. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely disagree. Here's, okay. The beginning one's way better. The beginning fight scene of him assaulting the compound that Phoenix is in does feel a lot more like Schwarzenegger era action. Yes. Here's the problem. There are very, very few actors that can fire guns akimbo, holding guns in either hand, and make it look like they're hitting anything at all. And Stallone is not one of those actors. <laughs> no. They never ever really show though the 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 shooting in this is not the greatest. They don't ever show him hitting anything because he never fucking hits anything. That whole fight scene, no one hits anything. And it's like it, both because the mo the script doesn't say they hit anything and also because no one looks like they can hit anything. The only shot fired in this movie that looks accurate comes from Sandra fucking Bullock. Correct. Oh, and she shoots the guy that's creeping up on Stallone? Yes. You might say it's practical magic. Yeah. Oh. Oh. See what you did there. <laughs> Which also though, that she just went from like, hey, I've never even hit anyone to I just murdered a man. She just went from I've never touched a gun before to I'm going to shoot this man over the uh, over Stallone's shoulder. She's a fucking savant. Where's that spinoff series? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Truly. She's Django Unchained here, man. Again, the opening action scene I liked. I thought the ending was super limp dick. The car chase action scene where Stallone and Sandra Bullock are chasing Wesley Snipes like through a tunnel in a stolen Oldsmobile from, I believe, the museum is... No, from, from underground. From underground, from you're the right. the people. Because he rides it's the elevator up. very lackluster. Oh, it's yeah. lackluster. It looked like it was filmed at, like, maybe 23 miles an hour. Um, there's not a lot of tension. 
Sandra Bullock is not believable being the first time she's driven a car and she's like, is it the pedal on the right? I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. I've definitely seen Stallone in a better... I I saw him in better action in Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. I like the part where Stallone is jumping from one moving car to the other. They, I thought that was pretty fun. And there's... I guess it's semi-amusing when Wesley Snipes is like holding him and Stallone's in the back and he's bouncing Wesley or bouncing Stallone's head off of the concrete while they're supposedly flying down the highway, which I imagine one of those would probably not do so well for you. But overall, yeah, I agree. It's, uh, it's another one of those action scenes where I like the concept and it, it isn't the greatest. It's fine. It's fun. It's not good. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting to think about, but it's not really anything to look at, no. All right, I guess I'm wrong. I, I should retract my statement. The best action scene is probably the museum shootout because the museum shootout has the fun part where they fall into the bottom. I don't know. Honestly. The action is They're all kind always of 20 feet apart and never hitting each other. Yeah. It does not make for a good action right. scene. I don't I don't really like any of the action scenes where they have guns involved. The best action scene in the movie for me is when uh, Phoenix first gets out of prison and is hacking a public terminal and cops show up and try to arrest him yeah. following a goddamn chat GPT script on their tablet. <laughs> And, that I do uh, enjoy. Right. That was great. It, it was a fun scene, and it's not like a particularly complex action sequence. There's like a cool special effect of the anti-graffiti killing a guy. There's a clothesline that they cut the hell out of. <laughs> you know, it's not particularly flashy action or anything, but it was a really fun sequence that showed like both the universe, the way that the cops are just uniquely incompetent, and also the character of Phoenix in a like... I can't believe this is rated our fucking peanut butter flavor. And Snipes does a good job with the the action in this. I mean, you know, we're going to see him later in Blade. We love him in Blade. Spoiler alert, if you haven't listened to Blade episodes, we love Blade. We're going to see him in the fan first, but then, yes, also Blade. Yeah, man, man uh, Snipes, Wesley has made several appearances here on Shitty Cinema. So, I, I, I don't know. Um, I love it. I just... Uh, can we talk about Wesley Snipes' hair? Yes. Yeah. Look, okay. It was the 90s. Rodman was a thing. Oh. Mm. And somebody really, really liked that, apparently. So Wesley Snipes Me. hated that, and Rodman started dyeing his hair after Demolition Man. Oh, God. Oh! Ah, it makes sense in my sexual Venn diagram. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Snipes shaved his hair immediately after filming. Rodman saw it and then dyed his hair and then proceeded to, from that point on, dye his hair different colors. Wow. I love that. (laughs) And, And Wesley Snipes kept saying Simon Says in this movie, and Dennis Rodman was in a movie called Simon, Simon Says, Says, where he has oh, all this very oh. fun colored hair. Now you're seeing the connections, Dave. Follow the hair dye. Okay, here's my question, though. If Wesley Snipes hated the hair, Wesley Snipes wouldn't open his eyes for a take of another movie he was in that he was supposed to. 
How did they get him to do anything if he hated the hair that Because he was younger back then. (laughs) They also fucked up and didn't always put his blue contact in the correct eye in this film. Because a few times it was the right eye rather than the left eye. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be the left eye the whole time. But, you know, I don't have hyperpigmentism or whatever the fuck it is. Hyperchromatism. The original plan for this film was to try and secure Steven Seagal, who turned it down, to play John Spartan and Jean-Claude Van Damme to play Simon Phoenix. He couldn't play Simon Phoenix in this. He was busy filming Hard Target. And if we didn't get Hard Target, (coughs) I don't know what I would do with myself. (laughs) Okay. It's a coughing podcast. Get with it. Here's the one thing I will say. Had we gotten Jean-Claude Van Damme as Simon Phoenix, I think Jay probably would have pronounced Dr. Cocteau correctly throughout this. <laughs> so that's Dr. Dickfoot. Oh. But I, dear God, do I not want to see this movie with Steven Seagal at the helm of it? Absolutely oh, not. God, like, no. I'm so glad he turned it down. I'm so glad he no. turned it down. That what? is just... That is just a bizarro world nightmare dream, and I cannot stand it. No. I would probably not love this movie, for one. Also, like, John Spartan gets his ass kicked a bit in this film, which is a thing Steven Seagal famously won't do. Maybe that's why he turned the film down. So there's really no reason he couldn't have done this movie, because Under Siege came out in 92, on Deadly Ground came out in 94. Like, what the fuck was he doing that year? Other than running away from Jean-Claude Van Damme at Sylvester Stallone's house when he challenged him to a fight. <laughs> he literally ran away. Oh, I was going to say maybe he was working on one of his albums, but no, he didn't start making music until 2004. Right. Maybe he was working on learning how to racially profile people to be a police officer. I think that it was something that was always inside him all along. <laughs> Maybe the racism is the people you meet along the way. Wasn't the start of that show him saying, "Maybe you probably didn't know this, but for the last 20 years, I've been a cop. Wouldn't that be yeah. about 20 years? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this is roughly around the time that he got some honorary badge from some bullshit bayou. And proceeded to start running around racially profiling people. Oh, his wife had a baby in 93. But I doubt he had, like, anything to do with that, knowing the kind of man he is. So, like, again, what was Steven Seagal doing in 1992 and 1993? It only took him three seconds to make that baby then dip. So where the fuck were you at? I think we have demolished this enough, and it's that time. So, Dave, I'm going to start with you. 1993's Demolition Man, would you watch it again? Man, I mean, okay, this movie has so many fucking flaws. (laughs) And they are all very goddamn obvious. One that we actually forgot to talk about, Dennis fucking Leary. Dear oh God, my God, is that man a blast oh. from the past? Oh, my God. Not a good one. Blast to the no. face. Right hook. <laughs> yeah. Didn't need it. With his own rants. 
Seriously, the most unbelievable part of this movie is that no one ever slaps Dennis Leary in the middle of one of his rants. It's what you're supposed to do. It's like the panicking woman on the plane and airplane. Yes, shake, 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 slap. But despite all of those many flaws, come on, man, it's Demolition Man. It is still goddamn great to watch every single time. The, it doesn't make sense at all, but it's so much fucking fun all the way through. So, yeah, of course, I'm yeah! going to watch Demolition Man again. Casey, what about you? Uh, I know this doesn't hold quite the same nostalgic love for you as it may for the rest of us. So, 1993's Demolition Man, would you watch it again? Oh, my God. Dennis Leary going on his man shouting at Fox News TV rants in a sewer. <laughs> Really don't tickle my fancy. We also didn't talk about how Jay was watching this for the first time. And for a split second in the sewers, you see Jack Black put a gun to Sylvester Stallone's face. And I was like, was that Jack Black? He's like, what? And you literally never see him again. Read through the credits. Sure as shit. It was Jack Jack Black. Black. Holy shit. Yeah. He's in it first. You hear him go, hey there. Like, you hear his voice off screen. It's fucking crazy. Um, but I don't have any sentimental uh, any sentimental feelings toward this film. I think the first time I watched this was with you, Jay, like 10 years ago. And you did not stop cackling throughout the whole thing. Uh, much like <laughs> the last time me. you watched it two nights ago. Um some of this movie is very much missed for me. The action sucks terribly. Sylvester Stallone mugging his way through, like, how does technology work? Well, is not as bad as Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, but it is kind of cringy sometimes. Um, Sandra Bullock, you are the cutest fucking person on this planet, and we're not worthy. Also, I Benjamin s- Bratt. We so didn't talk adorable. about Benjamin Bratt starring in this movie with Sandra Bullock, who they would later go on and star, co-star with each other in Miss Congeniality. This movie is a powerhouse of fucking future films. Yeah, yeah! I think not soon, but I give it another 10 years and I'll watch and enjoy demolition man again this is not like dune where i could watch this once a year um this is a this is a once every 10 years a a Haley's comet if you will and jay i don't even want to bother asking you this question i can tell by the deranged look down your face exactly what you're gonna say but just for tradition's sake 1993's demolition man would you watch it again our theme this month is hindsight is 2020 and and you've I'm, learned nothing i'm looking good back at my past <laughs> i agree that the action kind of sucks in this movie for an action movie the action is thin and maybe not the greatest but wesley snipes is one of my favorite villains simon phoenix i love and they never give him any motivation besides he's a crazy psychopath and this is joker style acting and i i I almost, after watching this, was thinking about, I wonder what Wesley Snipes' take on Joker would be and whether or not it would be incredible. I also thought that for a sec, and I'm like, "Mm -hmm." I think more Riddler. I think he'd be better as a Riddler than a Joker. He, He can't do Unhinged. With Demolition Man, though, 
I love him in that role. I am a huge fan of Sly. I think Sandra Bullock is great in this. There's tons of supporting cast that are fantastic. The jokes are ridiculous and absurd, and I enjoy them. The movie doesn't take itself seriously, and I really think it's a super believable technology dystopia. It's very close to where we could be in nine years. 30 years have gone by. I still love this movie. I am absolutely going to watch it again. And that's it. The verdict is in. Three out of the three of us would watch Demolition Man. But what about you listeners at home? Have you seen Demolition Man? Would you watch it again? Let us know on Facebook or Instagram. Dave, you're got Dave, you've got a movie for us next week. What are we going to be watching? We're going to be watching something that is We're going to be watching something that has some to be honest, frankly weird similarities to this week's movie. It is also from 1993. It also has Rob Schneider in it. <laughs> Basically, this is the I didn't have to watch it because my parent or I didn't have to sneakily watch it because my parents were cool with it version. We're going to take it down a couple of ratings and watch Surf Ninjas next week. I don't think I've seen this. Oh my god. I don't think I want to watch this. We'll just have to wait till next week for the swim advisory to be over. Follow us on Instagram at Casey.Cinema. Like us on Facebook, sh.ttycinema. Throw us some money for a couple shells, because uh, it's getting stinky up in here. Patreon slash shitty cinema or peepshittycinema.com. Check the show notes for those links. And in the meantime, let's turn off the lights, put on a VR headset. And close your eyes so you don't see Sylvester Stallone's vinegar strokes or his spaghetti strokes or whatever, the stroganoff strokes. It's all bad.